Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Jewels True Crime Podcast. My name is Brian Sobolewski and I am your host and uh, welcome to episode 9. Um, God, I, I, I'm sorry, but it, it, there is a high probability that the next couple of episodes might be all over the place. And it's because I'm all over the place. I have... Day, and th- this was a difficult week, but, um, you know, since I lost Dad and Kev, um, I have filled myself in, f- you know, having to deal with the estate and having to deal with, you know, I, I'm putting stuff on my plate, heaping it on my plate to keep myself busy, to keep myself distracted because my brain will not stop trying to figure things out. It won't, I, you know. Um, I finally brought Kev's Mustang home, so it's here with me now. Um, waiting to get that registered, waiting to get that back out on the road, waiting to to do some things, some things. Uh, you know, I've been I've been touched by by two faces of death. You know, uh, the. I used to say there's a gift in cancer because, you know, at least you have six months to say goodbye to everybody as opposed to a violent act that takes somebody out in a day. Well, my mother died of cancer and, you know, she had time for us to sit. And my mother and I did most of our work healing together, uh, our relationship while she was sick. And it was a joy. But you have that time. And when violence or takes a loved one, or two, um, you're left with a different, a different feeling, a different grief. And I've never felt this before. I've never in my life felt this before. Uh, To to give you an idea of what it is, sorry, my voice keeps cracking. Um, It's not, it's because I'm emotional, but I'm just getting over COVID. Yeah, I got hit with the vid. Does anybody fucking care anymore? <laughs> it was real quick. It was, uh, you know, it's a cold. And uh, that that's that's my rating and as much attention as I want to give to it. Sorry, the microphone just moved a little bit. Trying to get my shit together is what I'm saying. This feeling is a call. It's a, it's a, a call to move. Because if I don't... It'll start burning. My chest starts to burn. Um, my head starts to burn. And um, I have to move. The problem with that is you can only move for so long before you're down. You have to be down. You have to heal. You have to You have to try to uh, reconnect. And uh, those are the worst. This grief lets you think you're okay for a couple days says hey start to feel like yourself again and then it kicks you in the fucking gut hard um and that's uh you know that's how I spent most of the week I I got Kev's car here on Monday and um dad's birthday was on Thursday and uh it was it wasn't a bad day 
I guess if you want to consider that I have my dead brother's Mustang downstairs, I have both of their ashes in the Infinity right now, strapped in seatbelts. I have grandma next to me in the Infinity in a seatbelt. I have my entire family strapped in seatbelts in a car downstairs right now. Although, for dad's birthday, I separated Kevin dad just for a little while. And I put Kevin the Mustang. Um, you know, as, as much as dad loved Kev and Kev loved dad, boy, did they fight. And Kev was a stubborn prick, man. He was a stubborn kid. And, uh, and they fought a lot. And, and sometimes I felt like my phone calls were respite from that because it was on, you know, it was, if Kev wasn't in his room sleeping most of the time, it, Kev kept a prison schedule ever since he left prison. He slept all day, you know, and the diabetes affected his metabolism and shit, yada, yada. But uh, when I say that, you know, it was a good week, I, you know, I got, I got the family downstairs, I got the Mustang downstairs. All of it is not anything I ever imagined being in possession of. Ever. Like, I never, ever wanted that. Never. I don't even know. I just don't even know how to process it. I just don't even know how to process it. Yet, at the same time, um, I'm trying to find something good in it. It's a really hard line to tell, man. So, I, um. Uh, just for just to change gears for a second, let you know what's coming up besides my rantings and ravings about this. Uh, I got I got a second part, part two of of the sentence to stand up show. I played part one in last week's episode, and this week I'll play part two. And I'm also going to to play. Um, last night I headlined at um, at Doghouse Theater. And when I say that uh, dad's birthday went okay, uh, you know, I, I, I emotionally I was pretty steady, man. I, I was hopeful and I'm trying to look forward now to, to, to what the rest of my life is going to be because death has shown me its face twice and said, hey, one of these is going to happen to you. We're all going to die, right? But I'm not trying to be morbid or, or, or anything like that. I'm just like, I'm 52, it's not. I'm on. I'm in the de decline of my life, and, and I need to start fucking picking it up. I need to start living it. I I can't if if grief is gonna fucking tear me down every couple of days. So I have to find a way to process this. And if if you have noticed that since I've started this podcast, I'm t I feel better. Like just just talking it out and I'm going to therapy and, and I think Thursday I went to therapy and, and that's why Friday that's why yesterday was just such a miserable day for me and and if you knew what I went through Friday and then you listen to me on at the end of this episode at doghouse you will see what being on that stage does to me and for me 
and it is a form of therapy I recommend for everybody. Get your ass on a stage and talk and put yourself out there because it's the only way not to break down the walls, just to see where the walls are. You know, what's in your way. Shit, I got shit in my way, but um, I love the stage. I will never, I will never give it up. And I contemplate giving, I, I quit comedy fucking every day. <laughs> I think every comedian will tell you, shit, man, yo, I'm not doing this ever again till tonight. <laughs> it's just such a, uh, she's such a beast. She's such a beast, the stage. So, uh, gonna head out tonight and, and try to get some more stage time and, uh, try to do, um, try to be out and about with people, but it's hard, uh, you know, I find myself moving away from the crowd and kind of sitting by myself or, I mean, the other night I went to a bar afterwards after the show and I think I sat and played with an Etch-A-Sketch for 25 minutes by myself before I noticed, oh shit, this must look weird. The place had Etch-A-Sketches, man. It's a bar with an Etch-A-Sketch. Fuck you. I'm playing with it. Um, but, you know, trying hard not to isolate, which I think is important. But Sentence to Stand Up was a huge success, man. I'm, I'm still, still going to try. I got to get up and, and get stuff onto xconcomedy.com. That is the site, guys. Xconcomedy.com is the site for anything Family Jewels, uh, tour-related, which, uh, you know, who knows? It is, a, it is a dream and a wish and a desire. However, on whatever scale, I might do a tour, you know, of <laughs> Lake Worth. Um, but uh, Xconcomedy.com. Did I say it or no? Other than that... Uh, I can tell you that I call this episode altered inextricably because I love that word inextricably. And there's sort of this altered theme throughout season three I was going to use to show you how much I had changed and how different I was and how much, how different of a person I am from the person you heard about in season one and the person you heard about in season two. And, you know, this happened. And and I'm just different. I'm different. Uh, I won't ever be the same. And, you know, my dad has altered the course of my life more times than I can count, but in a way, ladies and gentlemen, from like you're watching Star Wars and it turns into a Western. Like, what the fuck happened? How is there a horse in this? Oh no, there was horses in the last Star Wars like galloping on a fucking starship. Like that's how far they had to go to try to beat the last couple, but... Again, you know, and, and I don't, I love him and I hate him for it. And I love him and I hate him. I don't know if that's how you feel about your dads. I, I don't think so. I talked to, you know, one of my best friends, you know, Casey, talks about his dad. and Boy. 
Do they love each other? And it's an absolutely touching thing to bear witness to and hear about. Uh, I met the man once and, and, uh, you know, two idiots are cut from the same cloth and I'm jealous. Anyway, I'm sorry I had to break there. That that last part broke me. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm using this shit for now, man. This this podcast, I ain't doing a long episode because I can't. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to give you it, it some comedy and, and try to keep this as light as possible while I leave a piece of my soul on this episode. Uh, you know, and, and you guys are listening again, so thank you. You know, I dropped off. And I, and I saw my numbers just went, they went right to zero. And why would you keep listening? And uh, as soon as I put some new stuff up, you guys were right back with me. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, we're going to keep moving forward every week. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what bra you're going to get next week. So buckle up because uh, at the very least, it'll be interesting. Uh, take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, man, that's when I knew I was a douchebag. Because he was like, oh my god, my mom's gonna kill me, I can't find it. I was like, look over there. There it is. Hold on. It's two o'clock, man, we gotta go. <laughs> I will tell you the other things, the other things that we stole as kids, I'll tell you that, that as I start, of, start to figure out how we ended up in this position, it started with my dad. And my dad grew up in Chelsea, Massachusetts, where, where Billy Bulger had a bar right next to my dad's house. So they would bring trailers of shit in from Boston Harbor and sell it right out of this bar in Chelsea. So my dad had this attitude of, listen, I'll pay my taxes, I'll work hard, I'll follow all the rules of society. That I agree with. <laughs> my dad was a salesman, right? So he would tell me, Brian, you can become a salesman, you have the skills to do it, you can make 30, 40% profit on products. And I was like, yeah, but if I steal it, I make 100. 100% <laughs> profit, Dad. What do you think of that? So the first thing that my brother and I ever stole for my dad was something simple. I don't even think we noticed it. It was a house. <laughs> yeah, we stole a house. He might be sitting there like, oh, how the hell do you steal a house? It was actually two-thirds of a house. So those of you that are divorced, you know. You got you to gotta write a check. Right? You got to write a check? Okay. So my dad couldn't afford another house. Instead, he just bought the land poured the foundation, capped it, and my brother and I lived in it with him on weekends. We drove around to construction sites to steal the rest of what we needed to build a house. <laughs> yeah, see, no, my family is the reason for same day delivery and install. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking welcome. <laughs> because if you didn't install it the same day that it was delivered, we install that shit in our house. <laughs> That's childhood. Was there anything else? Was there a third thing? Nah. All right, guys, come on up. <laughs> That's Brad Sobolewski. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm here to uh, install your stuff. Oh, good, good. Yeah, uh, where, where is it? So there's a bit of a step. Um, it's down here. Oh, all right. Uh, where is the stuff that I came to install? Uh, it's not here yet. Um, yeah, I mean, they said they delivered it, but it just, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, it went I, away. Where, 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 where would I put the things that I installed? Like, because we are a next day delivery company. 
Oh, okay, yeah, we just poured the foundation. Yeah. It's cool, it's cool. It's fine. I don't see. We're doing this more like a DIY. You guys don't have a roof. Yeah. It's yeah. an open it's... concept. Uh, okay, uh, so we just wanted you to like consult on what we should do and then we're just gonna like. Well, first of all, else. we delivered the stuff yesterday. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> the the yep. things we delivered yesterday are gone? Are you sure that they were killed before they arrived? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, those lucky charms! Good, ah. Good morning, Susie! Hi, Mom! Now I'm ready for my first day of first grade! <laughs> We're gonna have a quick talk before you go to school today. Yeah, sure. Where did you learn to just snort Lucky Charms? <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, when you're with your dad on the weekends. Wow, we're gonna need to stop. I like the rainbows. Oh, I love rainbows too. They're so fun to color. Uh, they're not fun to snort. <laughs> oh, you have the accoutrement to have a Coke lifestyle. Gotcha. Oh, no, this is just sugar, Mom. This is just zero-tolerance policy on drugs. Uh, I never thought I'd have this discussion with a parent of a first grader. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, normally, um, you know, I'm not prepared for this. I've never been in a high school. Oh, so you're um, not a professional. What? No, I'm a professional. I just, I've never... You should be prepared for any situation. You are in charge of my child. Your child and is... And you're just so irresponsible to allow them to have drugs on your campus? <laughs> well, the thing is, they're not drugs. Uh, your daughter is coming here in the morning and chopping up all the breakfast cereal. <laughs> she's setting up lines. And then she's calling everybody bitch. You know what? All I hear is you say that she's an entrepreneur. <laughs> Mrs. Sobolewski. She's raising capital. <laughs> Diversify your portfolio and gaining a customer base. Welcome back to my podcast. We're going to talk about my grocery list. Guess what's on my grocery list? I thought we were going to talk about my book. Oh, oh no, this is just, we're in season six. Oh. <laughs> this is just grocery list. What's I got into this podcast too late, I guess. Just, I mean, we have one subscriber who pays. <laughs> uh, okay, so if we're, if we're going to guess, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Band-Aids. Nope. This is it. This is the whole podcast. <laughs> can we do? Can we start Q and A? There's a Q. 
I just want to start a Q&A. That's the one person who pays. They just really live in the back closet while I make this. It's a I am your, I'm your stalker. Uh, wait. I call them a fan. It just makes things feel a little more intimate. Your stalker. I could be your stalker too. He's real versatile. I'm, I'm not like dedicated to one person to stalk. I've got free time. Oh, okay. He's stalkery. Because like, because that one has a full time job and I'm not allowed in. I learned. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm not allowed in. So, so you're technically a non-monogamous stalker. He's great. You're gonna well, I mean, he when he watches you sleep. Oh, oh. Do you play any white noise? I have a tr I have trouble sleeping. Well, a lot of people think that it's white noise, but it's me sniffing your undergarments. <laughs> I always have. I mean, I think just, I could work with that. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm very good at that. Um, and also, just so you know, um, I do a really good job of just kind of going through your passwords. And, uh, he remembers all my passwords for him. I'm just like, hey, Bruce, what's my password? Oh, so your name is Bruce. <laughs> to her, to her, I am. Yeah. Okay. But I could be whatever you want to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's it. I can't. No. Listen, I have two psych degrees. I know what crossing your arms means. Fuck you, too. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to talk about the robberies. And potentially... Woo! You guys ready for your headliner? Oh, guys, one more time. You ready for your headliner? This guy is an amazing person. He's actually a comedy mentor of mine, so I'm really excited to be Introducing him, he has an amazing podcast called Family Jewels. Just released an episode recently, you guys should check it out. He actually sold out uh, his own show uh, a couple weeks ago called Sentence to Stand Up. Guys, give it up for Brian Solomuski! Fucking there. It's gonna cost you ten grand to get rid of it. <laughs> Holy shit. 
I walked in and the guy was like, dude, your teeth are great. Your teeth are great. I walked out with a $10,000 bill. That's not great. I don't know, but I like this guy. The last dentist that I went to was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And he came into the office and he was like, your mouth is beautiful. I was like, no, I gotta go. I'm not doing this. No, I'm, apparently I'm the only one that dressed up for the occasion, except for Rhonda. Like seriously, shitbags, can you dress up a little bit? <laughs> Fuck, it's comedy. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, uh, about, I don't know, 20 years ago, somebody came up to me and they said, hey, did you know when you die, you're reunited with loved ones? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> That's when I started working out twice a day. <laughs> became a vegan. Started wearing condoms. Even when I'm not having sex. No, seriously, man, I'm not doing this again with my family. No way, if the afterlife includes my family, I wanna go right into heaven adoption. I'm not doing it again. Let me tell you how fucked up my family was. I come from a Polish and Russian family. Yeah, yep, thank you, thank you, from the lady who came with two bald men. Dude, pick a guy with hair, man, if they put their heads together, they look at my nutsack. <laughs> Aim harder, man. So I, I, I come from a Polish and Russian family, and if you know anything about history, guys, I'm sorry, somebody was raped. That those two cultures never got along. Ever. So if you want to understand what's going on in the Ukraine right now, I can explain to you what's happening because it's happening on my head right now. You can see it in my hair. There's about four cowlicks on my hair right now. I have to pay my hairdresser an extra $40 in tips just to get through this shit. Like, I think he broke a scissor a couple weeks ago on my head. Now you can see the Russian side of my head Right here. It is pushing forward. It announced last week that if I don't acquiesce, it'll take over my face. There, I just explained the whole conflict to you guys. I don't have to watch CNN. But my, um, my Russian grandmother was a very quiet, very restricted woman, but my Polish grandmother was a fucking asshole. <laughs> no, this was the kind of woman that was so disciplined. I mean, this woman grew up during a war. So when she wanted to discipline you, she basically said, hey, go to the kitchen right now and pick something to beat you with. <laughs> Seriously, it's the worst room in the house to pick something to beat somebody with. <laughs> she didn't say the bathroom. We got a couple towels and be like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> no, the kitchen. So what do you pick? Go ahead. What do you pick if you go into the kitchen to beat you with? No, you're too horny. Uh, <laughs> she's like, yes, a spatula. Let's go. But my, my, my grandmother's favorite thing was a metal spatula. This, was, this wasn't in the silicone days, guys. This wasn't when you grabbed the spatula and like, let's have some fun. This was a metal fucking spatula. It left marks on your ass. So you realize what you did. My, my Polish grandmother also had what we called a boomerang fucking high heel. <laughs> Boom! It would hit you in the head, come right back to her, she'd have it back on her foot before you even know you were hit. 
This woman hit me with an Electrolux vacuum once. Okay, you're nodding because you know what an Electrolux is. Guys, this wasn't a Dyson. I would get the shit kicked out of me by a Dyson right now. An Electrolux was a stainless steel vacuum. She just picked it up and boom, right there, right in the face. I know you're feeling bad for me right now, but I'm okay. I'm okay, I dressed up for the occasion. Um, my mother was insane. Anyone have one of those? Yeah. Yeah, she was fucking crazy as hell. I loved it. Um, every couple of months, she would end up in an insane asylum for her alcoholism, because that's, that's how you treated it back then. And I was so concerned about her, man. I was so worried about my mom. I'd be like, Mom, are you really crazy? And she'd be like, no. I'm like, well, why do you keep going in the hospital every couple of months? She's like, I just need a break from you guys. <laughs> She's like, show me a vacation where they leave a candy dish full of Valium next to your bed at night, and I'll sign up right now. I think my dad raised my brother and I to be criminals because I knew my Miranda rights before I knew any nursery rights. Seriously. I remember it like this. Jack and Jill went up a hill both without representation. Yeah. Seriously, my dad was just a, a very unique individual. Um, have you ever heard of a dick? <laughs> that was my dad. My dad grew up in this era where um, he followed all the rules of society that he agreed with. <laughs> so the first thing that my brother and I ever stole from my dad was something probably pretty simple. You probably wouldn't have even noticed it. It was a house. <laughs> yeah, some of you are like, no, I'm not going to laugh because I don't believe him. Um, it was actually two-thirds of a house. Let me be specific. So how do you steal two-thirds of a house? That must be difficult. Oh, well, no, it's not that hard. When my dad divorced my mom, he couldn't afford another house. So he bought a piece of land, had the uh, foundation poured, and then capped it. And then when he took us on weekends, me and my brother, he would drive us around the construction sites at night. We would break in and steal the rest of what we needed to build a house. <laughs> Seriously, my family is the reason for same-day uh, delivery and install. Because <laughs> if you didn't install it the same day it was delivered, we put that shit in our house. <laughs> Are there any ex-convicts here? <laughs> Come on, man, raise it up. You are? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, she's like, wait, let's see what you say next. I think she's going to stab me, guys. So I don't know what happened with you. Um, no ex-convicts here. Uh, let me ask this a better way. This is a nicer way to ask that. Are there any uh, personal trainers here? <laughs> no. If you've ever had a personal trainer, if you've had more than one personal trainer, you've had an ex-convict as a personal trainer. <laughs> Seriously, I am an ex-convict. I, end I ended up doing uh, time for my dad. Uh, my dad, my brother, and I robbed jewelry stores all over New England for five years. Anyone else? Yeah. Nobody ever claps to that. <laughs> Wait until the day that some chick is like, yeah, me and my dad really good. Just <laughs> no, it's, it's a very unique story, and that's what my podcast is about. Like, listen, I'm not going to direct you to a podcast where I'm just like, I don't like the way things are today. <laughs> I, get some shit, I get some shit to say, man. <laughs> Like, like you, you never even realize that, that you will learn a shitload about yourself when you rob a jewelry store with the family. 
Seriously, you have no idea how much you learn about yourself. Like, you will learn how important you are in family based on the job you get in the robbery. <laughs> Let me give you an example. My dad is a certified genius. He went to the Wentworth School of Technology. He graduated with honors. Like, he was a genius. He was the mastermind of all the robberies. We were in and out of every store, 22 stores, in 90 seconds or less. That is the mastermind. My brother, 6'4", 260 pounds, all roided out. He was the muscle. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm 5'9", I'm 150. That was the lookout. <laughs> See, it was during the planning stages that my brother and father looked at me and they were like, wait. <laughs> Turn around. He's got eyes. <laughs> he could look out. <laughs> Actually, the lookout is the best job to have, guys, because if the shit ever hit the fan, I could just leave. <laughs> I wouldn't be heartless about it, I swear to God, I'd call him on the way home. Uh, listen, uh, you guys are fucked, I don't know what to do. It's <laughs> a lot of blue lines, I don't know. I don't know, but I gotta tell you, the year that I spent on the run, so my dad was arrested first, my brother was, was, arrested, was arrested second, and I gotta tell you, being last in the hierarchy did a lot to my self-esteem. <laughs> it really did, I was so pissed because, yeah, guys ever heard of a perp walk? Yeah. Fuck you, man. <laughs> He's like, yeah. A perp walk is basically what the cops do when they're proud of who they arrested. Like, they'll bring you out. Like, they, they'll perp walk you, but they have to cover your face because if they perp walk you on the news with your face, they'll, like, anyone could come out and be like, hey, that guy robbed me too. So they covered my dad's face. They perp walked him. They perp walked my brother. <laughs> when the cops pick me up, they're like, hey, uh, we're just going to uh, cuff you in front. That's what you do to a kitten when you don't want it to catch you anymore. That's the kind of perp walk you did. So this, I was so mad that when they came to pick me up, up in New Hampshire, they drove me down to Massachusetts. They cuffed me in front. They drove me all the way down. Two giant bags of meat. These state cops were huge. They bring me into the state police barracks. I'm cuffed. I'm walking. As soon as I walk in, everybody's like, hey, look, is that the badass? Is that the badass? Is that the badass? Everybody was saying, a bunch of cops, they all stood up. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> My moment in the sun, guys, and I'm going to leave you with this. And this is what not to do if you're arrested. <laughs> when they uncuffed me, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> 35 cops did this. <laughs> and I haven't shit since, guys. Thank you so